0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Neuroverse podcast. I'm your host, Magnus Edemark, and I am super excited to be here this week. I'm just like happy flapping, and I'm on my toes, and I'm stimming, and I'm I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time because I've got a great guest that I've really been looking forward to, and we're going to get to that. I also wanted to thank all of you for the fantastic turnout on Patreon recently. Uh, I kind of put it out there that the show is listener supported. I'd rather not do ads if I don't have to. And my gosh, have you all turned out? And I couldn't be happier. The hosting is paid for. Okay. We've got enough support to easily host this podcast. And I'm really happy with that. There's a little bit of extra money coming in. And I'm going to use that for things like Uh, I want to get a real logo for the show, Uh, so I'm going to have that professionally done. And I am looking into uh, some of the alternatives for having uh, professional transcripts made so that the episodes can be more accessible. Those are pretty expensive, so i got to be honest, I'm doing some shopping around trying to figure out what makes the most sense. Enough of that. I'm just eager to get into this because I have a guest here that I've had in mind since before I started this podcast. Like when I was thinking about what this podcast could be like in my head, I was picturing today's guest. Uh, She is a friend of mine and I just love nerding out with her when I get a chance. Any of you who are in the autistic community, I'm sure you already know who she is. Any of you who are not part of the autistic community, You've probably read about her, her or read her, her uh, own writings or saw her on TV or she's been around. So <laughs> without further ado, I would like to introduce you to my friend Haley Moss. Hi, Haley.
1: Hey, Magnus. I am so excited. I was telling you before the show, I'm like I am so excited. When you said yeah. you were doing a podcast, I was like, just tell me one day, and you yes. know, I'm gonna do it.
0: But I knew. And by the way, we can throw an explicit flag on this on this show, so I, I don't mind saying I was worried that I would fuck up if <laughs> I did if if I had you on like the first one or two episodes because like I I'm not I have been a podcast host before. But I haven't had to do all like all the engineering side of it and the hosting side, of or I'm sorry, like the web hosting side of it and all mm-hmm. of that. So I just knew, like, oh, I'm probably gonna screw this up, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna like burn you <laughs> with my learning curve.
1: Hey, you're good because if that's what happened, then we could just keep having subsequent conversations about whatever we feel like. I mean, that's the that's great right. part about being on. Autistic led podcasts and conversations is you have no idea where it's going to go and you will find something that you just enjoy and celebrate and just have the joy of existing with somebody.
0: Yes. We can talk about whatever we want. So I don't, I don't have to like ask you about your life history and (laughs) I don't have to ask you about, you know, what it, what it took to pass the bar and we're, we're not, we're not trying to create inspiration. Like, we're just two autistic people hanging out.
1: Exactly. In all fairness, I don't really want to talk about the bar either because all I keep thinking is that it's been two years since I've taken it. Yeah. And all the current law students are fighting to make sure that it's online or diploma privilege because of COVID. And it's just terrifying seeing, and Florida just jumped on the bandwagon of we're not hosting an in person bar exam. It was a whole like hot mess of issues because one of the, testing sites was now a COVID testing site Mm -hmm. and they were expecting to like pack like 1200 people into a convention center in three weeks. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen. It doesn't sound smart. And here we are. And now it's like, everything's online. I'm like, I am extremely glad I did not have to take it at this point in my life.
0: Yes. This is a, such a strange year, isn't it? All all together.
1: Everything is strange
0: and I was just talking to my partner about this yesterday. It's like, you know, we've seen a lot of stuff in our lives. We've been homeless before. We lost everything, lost mm-hmm. our house. And and th- that was like when the dot-com bubble burst in 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were through the 2008 uh, uh, recession, but this, this is like, this has gotta be the darkest year we've ever seen.
1: It's definitely something else. And I know even at home, like my mom and I talk about how it's a lot on us because our daily routines have changed the most. Yes. While my dad is still going to work every day, like things are a lot more normal for him than it is for the two of us. And it's the least normal, so to speak, for me because I moved back home. I am not in my apartment. I'm not traveling. I'm not doing the same stuff I was doing. So it's like, this is a complete upheaval of everything I know.
0: So you you had gotten through school, you passed the bar, you started working and-, and- at some point in there, you started living independently. Uh, I right?
1: moved. I was in my apartment since law school, so okay. my Miami apartment has somehow been mine for like five years now. And now I visit like a couple times a month just to make sure that you know the place didn't burn down or anything.
0: So you 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 had a long chance to build a routine around mm-hmm. being an independent young woman.
1: And then I haven't lived at home since I was like 20 because I came home my final year of college because I'm like, I have enough credits. I can just finish this online. What's the point of being in Gainesville? Right. And might as well just, you know, enjoy it and like chill and not have to do all that college stuff that I found overwhelming at times. So it was like, okay, I'll just, and then I went to law school and I stayed in my apartment after law school because I was working, I was working in Miami, like not too far from where I lived. So it was great. And then i ended up leaving my job and starting my business and doing other things and living and then of course pandemic happened everything lo- started locking down the two days after a day after i got home actually oh so i was in alaska for 10 days oh wow and then i came home and everything was just going absolutely bonkers with lockdowns and shutdowns and like i was scared when i was coming home because yeah those Could travel day, that home. travel day was like that travel day was like 14 hours from alaska Oh wow. And it's like three airports, and that was when everything was going on in Seattle and I had to fly through Seattle. And I remember being in Mm. Dallas. The person next to me on my flight, oddly enough, was someone I went to law school with. And we were both sitting there saying, you know, if they end up canceling this and we're not on the ground, should we just like rent a car and drive back to Miami? Like how should we do this? We were scared. So we got home.
0: So I I know that you've been out there like it seems like every time there's a public event that has anything to do with autism or neurodiversity. Like you are the go-to keynote speaker for a long time. It was Temple Grandin and we love her and she is an important voice in this community, but Mm -hmm. like she represents eight.
1: She's a different generation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I have respect for
1: Temple. I respect what she's done for. The genera- my generation and the generation above me, but I also think that it's a little. She's a little bit outdated, and her views aren't evolving as time goes. Yeah.
2: So,
1: something that I really notice, and I noticed this in my own work too, is my views have evolved. We. Yes. We listen, we learn, and we take action and grow. And growth as an advocate or an activist in any way is messy and beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've read stuff I've written in college about neurodiversity. I'm like, wait, this is kind of wrong. This is yeah. kind of not accurate. But I was also 19 and didn't know better, because we didn't have the same level of community, I think, in 2014 that we did in 2020. And I know oh, that that's sounds- that's so true. I know there's people who will argue with that, because, of course, community has always been there. And I really realized that with Neurotribes and reading about Jim Sinclair and ANI and all those other different organizations that were kind of the precursors to what we have today. But again, if you didn't know where to find that stuff, it just wasn't there.
0: Right. And, and of
1: course, the internet has made it infinitely easier.
0: Exactly. I I look at like some metropolitan areas, like if you live in the Bay Area of California.
1: Oh my God, it's like everybody.
0: (laughs) It's a who's who of the autistic community living... with
1: disability, and it goes back even to the 504 sit-ins with San Francisco.
0: Oh, dig deeper into that for me.
1: (laughs) See, I am not the disability historian. I wish that I was. And And I hate admitting that I didn't know a lot of this stuff until fairly recently, but even learning about Judy Human, and I'm actually reading her book now and mm-hmm. the 504 sit-ins and all these things that happen in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it's really interesting to see that so many disability activists continue yeah. to live and organize in San Francisco.
0: And I, I see them, like, I see pictures of them on Twitter getting together and having coffee together and I, know. I wish I had that kind of community like here in I don't feel like I
1: have that. In, I feel like Florida's not like that. Florida's just mm-hmm. a big state. And I think Florida's also really interesting because culturally there's just so much going on and there are yeah. so many different cultures, at least in the South Florida area, that everyone has kind of different takes on things too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: I know that the the adult community, like autistic adults, there's really not a lot of us. Yeah. And I know it's hard to even push your local organizations to be more inclusive with those voices or they'll start reaching further geographically to get them. Yeah. And it's like, I know that they're here. It's just that, it's difficult to get everyone together and that's what I also appreciate about what you've been doing with like NC State and all the people that you know and I know you had some wonderful guests and you have friends mm-hmm. in your local community and I'm like oh my god that's so cool like everyone from the Triangle is all together.
0: Well we're trying so a lot of us had no idea about one another until uh Wes Wade who is also a mm-hmm. guest here. Wes runs the uh the program students moving forward for autistic students at NC state. And mm-hmm. he kind of brought us all together and introduced us
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's been, it's been really cool. We've hung out a little bit. Uh, but I think most of our interactions have been through online chat, ironically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, there's still a generational thing. Cause you know, like I'm, I'm an oldster and, <laughs> and most of these folks are people who have recently graduated from college So, Mm -hmm. the kinds of things they want to do are like maybe a little too social for me. Like, they want to go to a bar Mm -hmm. and play board games and stuff. And I, for me, Mm -hmm. the kind of uh, community I would want is just like going on a hike with some friends or just being out in a quiet place. I think it's a
1: person. I honestly think it's a personality thing because I think what you're saying sounds a little bit more my speed. Like, I feel like I'm inherently social, I love to talk to people. But I'm also very introverted and need that quiet and just yeah. being that like being in the same space as people, but not having to do this suit, the major interactions of like going out and all this other stuff, I think is so much more for me. Like I'd rather go on the hike or go outside and just hang out with somebody than go play board games or go to a bar or do any of those other, even like concerts. Like, yeah, I love music, but sometimes it could be too much over and super overwhelming. And I can tell you many sensory stories from concerts and music and things. And it, and then people are like, you just don't like music. I'm like, no, I love music. I, I dance around my room all the time. Yeah. Then I realized that basically it's Tim playing the same song over and over until I get bored of it.
0: <laughs> there there was something else he said that um, has been on my mind a lot about how your advocacy can change over time. It can mature mm-hmm. as as you mature as a human. And mm-hmm. like, I look back at, my gosh, my own advocacy has been a hot mess
1: everybody's has been if you want to tell the truth just some people are more honest about it than others
0: but one of the things i love about your advocacy that i'm i've been working really hard to incorporate into my own is uh within the autistic community we we can be so hard on each other Mm -hmm. can't we like
1: i know i think it makes it harder for the neurotypicals or allies to even jump in because it's like if we're all Going after each other, how can you as an outsider feel welcomed in any which way?
0: Yeah. So, and I
1: think something that I've been learning is that everybody's at very different stages of that journey to what they want to accomplish on behalf of a community for themselves, what story they want to tell. And I think we also kind of ignore that there are different cultural factors. And we were talking about this before the show, but Mm -hmm. on my podcast, we had a guest from Kenya today, and she was. Telling stories about being attacked online because she didn't, she was saying the word Asperger's and she was defending the puzzle piece, for instance. And she was also like telling me about how awareness in Kenya is very different that it's not even the medical model that necessarily is the dominant view of autism. It's that it's so misunderstood that some people, especially in rural, low income parts of Africa, think it's a result of witchcraft and disability is just very stigmatized, even more so than in Western cultures and in the developed world as she would, and that's what she was saying, like her words almost exactly. And I'm like, if people knew that, I think they would probably, hopefully, be a bit kinder in how they respond to you, instead of basically jump straight to cancel culture.
0: So she's coming in with a very Kenyan worldview
1: mm-hmm. of
0: autism and the language that surrounds it. Exactly. Into a and very American-centric pushing... community.
1: Exactly, because I realize a lot of the conversations are largely from three or four different countries that it's that it's US, Canada, UK, Australia that kind of dominate the right. autism conversation. Absolutely. But if you and I know that there's people that aren't not necessarily pro neurodiversity movement that are from other cultures and they have very different views on it and I realize that's not because they disagree with what we want but just because of the environment that they grew no. up in in what they know in their life experience. It doesn't mean that they're fighting against you. It just means that they have a different understanding of the world.
0: And I might be getting a little bit into aut- autism politics here, but <laughs> one of the most heartbreaking existing things. Existing is
1: inherently political is what yeah. I've been learning over time. Cause I used to always say like, I don't want to get involved in politics. I don't care about politics. And then I'm realizing, you know, like existing in this world is political.
0: You can't avoid times.
1: it. That yeah, you can't avoid it. I mean, yeah, it might not be, you have to endorse a candidate, or a party, but you definitely have a say in issues that affect you.
0: But I, I guess where I was going with that is one of the most um, disappointing things for me has been a, around the canceling of Asperger's. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't identify that way, but a lot of people still do. And in a lot of parts of the world, it's still it's a valid still diagnosis.
1: Like, exactly. And our friend from Kenya was talking a lot about Asperger's as that because that was the version of not more classic autism that they understood. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a lot of people, Asperger's is something that they cling to because it was part of their journey. That's yeah. fine. I don't think it necessarily is an AFP supremacy thing at all. Right. I think a lot of it is this is what we grew up this with. and I've noticed that even in my own advocacy because my diagnosis at the time included literally included the words high functioning. And mm-hmm. it took me a long time to realize like, wait, this isn't helping anybody. Because I always knew the words high functioning didn't really help because I realized it would minimize whatever I did have issues with and what I did struggle with because people wouldn't take me seriously because high functioning kind of I've learned is synonymous with high masking and people think you're neurotypical even though you're not. But it's like this whole can of worms. But I also won't say that anymore because I'm like, you know what? It just doesn't define my experience. And And I'm not better off than someone who has more support needs or might not have the same needs that I do. So I realized that's changed for me and it's like, but Asperger's I think for some people letting go is freeing because they realize there's a bigger community. Yeah. Other people cling to it because it's the only thing they've ever known and they don't want that change. So I, th- I think if you identify as an Aspie, that's on you. And if you previously identified as that and then moved on to just autism generally, then more power to you either way. I mean, everybody's own journey is very individual
0: so so what can we do as a community to be more inclusive of one another and make room for one another
1: i think it's important to see where people are coming from because we so often ignore that we just go straight to what they're saying rather than look a little bit deeper like i know sometimes people will ask me something and i'll just be like oh what that's really interesting why do you feel that way and then they'll mention like you know like i had a friend that was diagnosed with asperger's that was the only word he used because he didn't want to be like the other autistic people, which is Aspie supremacy, but he also mm-hmm. didn't know because he didn't know any other autistic people. Right. That for him, it was just a bunch of internalized ableism and the like. And I wasn't ready to unpack that for him because that's, you know, emotionally where I didn't feel comfortable doing. And he would hopefully discover acceptance and aware- self-awareness on his own terms. I don't know if he ever did, but it's just kind of the- this idea of each person has a different way of experiencing the world and where they're coming from. In his family, it was something to be ashamed of. In my family it was just a difference to be celebrated so everybody has a very different experience and you can't sum that up in a one sentence comment of i have asperger's and i feel strongly about that Mm -hmm. or i identify with the puzzle piece for whatever reason because it's not that i feel like i'm broken but i feel like i am part of some bigger infinite life puzzle or something like everybody has a very different experience and how they feel about things And there's all sorts of nuance that you can't really encapsulate just online. Like, that's why I love talking to people in person and offline, too, is even some of the staunchest advocates and activists that we see online are very reasonable and have such more nuanced takes and a lot more to say when you talk to them offline.
0: That's something I really miss from pre-COVID. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just starting to meet more and more people from our community in real Mm -hmm. life, and I loved it. And now, Mm -hmm. like, we're back to... Mm-hmm. Twitter or, mm-hmm. yeah, at best, Zoom. This, this is <laughs> this is great because you and I have known each know. other a while, and like this is the exactly. first time we've really spoken.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I think about back in October, at Autism at Work, when I met Krista Holman's neurodivergent rebel. Yeah. And when we were talking in person, the first thing you realize is you you, you think you know what people look like like online from their from their like mm-hmm. profile pictures and stuff. You're wrong. Because <laughs> I remember the first thing we thought. We both thought it was like wow you're both of us had that same like mental reaction of like you're shorter than i thought you would be oh wow krista's shorter than me and i'm like 5'3". Oh
0: she, gosh i tower over you would have both never guessed oh, like 6'2". neither of us get
1: like i never would have guessed but and when we were talking and obviously her takes online are very opinionated and strong but you have yeah. a conversation you realize everyone's takes are a lot more reasonable than the most polarizing version of 180 characters whatever the heck the limit is these days
0: I, I admire Krista so much. I see, she puts herself out there. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. All right, I, I I should check on pronouns now because uh, Krista recently came out as uh, non-binary. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure I, if I'm I will using have the right pronouns.
1: I just know Krista is Krista at this point because I know we've had a lot of different conversations and especially about work and just
0: okay. So one of
1: my favorite people.
0: Uh i'm I'm still using she I'm sorry if this is wrong but i'm I'm mm-hmm. looking at her um, at her twitter right now and there's not there are no pronouns being stated mm-hmm. but she really puts herself out there mm-hmm. and is opinionated and anytime you do that like it comes back at you there's exactly. so many haters on the internet mm-hmm And so if she comes off as like really combative or hard or a
1: lot of people that do come off that way are actually some of the nicest people I've met in real life. Like I've met Lydia Brown a couple of times in real life and they are so much kinder than you would get the impression of sometimes from online. Like online people are very, you can see these very hard takes and very passionate takes. And then when you meet them offline, you're like, oh my God, like you were so cool. Yes. Like I know you're cool from the internet, but you're also cool in real life.
0: And like last summer, I met Nicole Radzewill, Dr. Nicole Radzewill uh, in Toronto. And she's from Virginia, and I'm from North yeah. Carolina, but we both had to go to Toronto to meet each other. <laughs> and like those two states are right next to each other, right? But uh, mm-hmm. it, it was great just having coffee and, and realizing like we have a lot in common. Exactly.
1: And I feel like it's really hard to tell that online sometimes yeah. unless you become like really close with one or two people. Like I know in autis- autistic community, like I have a couple of really great friends that I've met through here Yeah, and, and sometimes I wonder if the beauty is that we haven't met. Like sometimes I wonder if there's some beauty to that too of like, because remember there was this whole discourse about like if online friends are friends or not. And of course we all know that they are, especially sure. for
0: us. Especially for but it was yeah. real,
1: But, and then there's people like, I don't know if I actually like meet them, how I would feel that if I would still feel like different, I don't know. Well, like, it's just, I know that's like a weird thought, but I'm so, there are people that I've never spoken to on the phone or I've seen their face. Yeah. And But I know them pretty well because, you know, it's a small world and a small community.
0: But I am looking forward to like when, when this whole pandemic oh, mess sure. is behind us, uh, oh, getting like, back out and out. We, You and me, absolutely too. We were
1: very overdue.
0: We well, it almost happened. I know, and then COVID happened. Yeah, something
1: happened. Like something happened that it was like not happening. Like,
0: but I get to Florida. You know, I've got family in Florida, so I'm I'm there. We're we're, when it's healthy to do so, and. Mm We have our vaccines and everything.
1: Exactly. Like I know I've been saying I need to get to D.C. at some point because I have a lot of yes. autistic friends in D.C. that I would like to meet. There are a lot, lot of cool meet. people in D.C. There's a lot of people and one of my and two of my best friends are there and I'm like, I need to go see everybody. And D.C. is and an amazing town been.
0: anyway, even without the people. So it, it <laughs> just has to, everything honestly, going the for
1: people, it. it. It's all about the people. And the funny thing is everyone's just so nice. Like, Even the people that I know, it's like, oh my God, let us know when you want to hang out. If you need a place to stay, if you need this, it's like, wow, everyone is so wow. nice.
0: Yeah. So, something else we were talking about earlier was food. <laughs> and, like, what folks listening on the podcast can't see is I'm holding up a bottle of kombucha. I'm not going to name brands or anything. I'm not promoting any brands. But as as a middle-aged autistic person, like, I was super regimented as a kid with food. Were you?
1: Hit me. I'm still that way.
0: You're still that way? I
1: still, look, I live at home now and I can tell you when my mother buys the wrong brand of pasta sauce
0: yes so like i won't
1: call her out on it anymore but i give that look of like really but i also am trying to be cool about it because i know that it's covid and she goes to the grocery store and she's scared and you know people don't always follow the rules and it's mm-hmm. also not as much inventory so sometimes you have to buy the wrong brand of pasta sauce i, I <laughs> can rem- kind of notice it and you're like this is chunkier than i'm used to it's tangier this is not yes, the normal brand it's of pasta not right
0: sauce. <laughs> and then you make them rotten face and everything because it's not what was expected or you're just
1: looking or you're just giving that look like something is wrong and I don't know what.
0: And it's upsetting. (laughs) Even though it doesn't matter if it's good or not. It's just not the same. I also
1: know when I was younger, it probably would have been Meltdown City over that.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Yes.
1: That I think I've hit the point of adulthood where it's not Meltdown City over the wrong brand of pasta sauce or the wrong Mm -hmm. brand of yogurt or whatever it is. But now it's just like, you think you can fool me?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm remembering back to like, i for those who can't see us, there there is a bit of an age difference between us, all right? But I'm remembering back to when I was your age, I was not diagnosed yet. And I was a young IT engineer. And I'd go out for lunch from work. I'd go out for lunch to the same restaurant every day. I'd sit at the same table in the same oh my chair. God. I'd ask for the menu and I'd look at it for 10 minutes, but I always ordered the same thing anyway. <laughs> it was always a hot Open-faced turkey sandwich with mashed potatoes Uh and gravy. Uh Don't let any of the food touch. And I I want a Pepsi with it. And it has to be in front of my right hand.
1: I used to go to the same restaurants when in my old job because I was right maybe like a block or two from the downtown district. And that downtown district is all restaurants. But me being autistic, me, we'd go to the same two. There were two places that were interchangeable depending on if it was too busy at lunchtime you picked which one to go to based on crowds
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there was one you particularly picked if a coworker or your boss wanted to go because it was the nicer one yeah so like I had this down to a science but unfortunately or fortunately for me I went often enough that all the wait staff knew me so they would sit me and they'd go the usual and they knew exactly what that meant is that yep. I'd substitute the vegetables for the fries and all this other stuff and it would just I would just sit down and then like 20 minutes later my food would come like they like they wouldn't even bother handing me a menu, and sometimes they just because knew. I always got a diet coke, they'd either give it to me on the house or just it would just show up, and I'd be like, okay, because everyone was used to me. And if I knew if I went a certain day of the week, I'd get a certain waiter that I knew, and then I knew that was the day to go to that place instead of the other because mm-hmm. that was the person who knew exactly what I wanted, and always made sure that the diet coke would be there before yeah. anything else. So.
0: I had to be the worst coworker to go to lunch with. I feel uh, if any of my old coworkers, I was the worst because I'd always
1: pick Italian food.
0: Yeah, if any of my old coworkers are listening, I just want to apologize. Like, I'm so sorry. I was such a food jerk.
1: I I've always been a food jerk, and I'd always and if I didn't want to go, I'd just go, and then I'd be like, "Can we just go somewhere that has good dessert? Because then I'll just get dessert and be like a five, and just go for the Yeah,
0: I, I remember in particular going to Panera. Mm-hmm. And looking at the I've menu, never been a I'm Panera like, person. looking back now, Panera is not exactly weird food.
1: I pro I know I probably would have just been like, I guess I'll get a yogurt or something or like a party yeah, or whatever. Like, and they would be like, why?
0: But I'd look at the menu and try to figure out like what's what's on here that I can most easily disassemble and reassemble to my <laughs> liking. So I get like yeah, some kind of turkey sandwich or something.
1: I would do that with like chicken sandwiches and then I yeah. just disassemble it and just eat the chicken.
0: Yeah. Like take like just take that. it apart and scrape everything out and just put or the just turkey say I want it back plain. in.
1: Or yeah. I just say I want it plain. Like just the just the bun and just the meat. And then yeah. just, you know, assemb- just assemble that.
0: And heaven forbid if they put something in there I didn't ask for. Like it's Meltdown oh. City
1: oh that was like nope you can't do this to me this is you were not getting past it
0: what there's a pickle no see
1: my favorite is you go to a restaurant and normally it's like a coke or pepsi place mm-hmm. and then you order like a i was a diet i'm a coke i'm a coke person i like coke rather yeah. than pepsi but that's just me and, but if you ask
0: for coke and they bring you pepsi
1: and they say is pepsi okay and you're like you don't want to say no but you're also like i ordered a diet coke not a diet pepsi
0: right <laughs> and they're completely different drinks
1: they're very different, but at the same time, like, well, it's better than water, so yeah. Here we go.
0: But then I, I, I had some kind of experience in my thirties where you, you know I alluded to things? well, I, I alluded to some real financial hardship, and I was I was doing some work out on the road, like far away from home, and mm-hmm. I, I was doing some work for um, a hospital system, and I was staying with one of the doctors from that system. Mm-hmm. And he heard that I had never had sushi before. And <laughs> and he he it's wouldn't me. take no for an answer. He's just like, I'm taking you out. You're going to try See, sushi. you probably starve. And and you're going to learn how to eat with chopsticks. And that sounds I like say a motor
1: no. skills disaster.
0: Well, I did end up learning to eat with chopsticks. And I'm
1: not very coordinated. Yeah. And to make it worse, I'm left-handed. So everything is backwards to begin with? Mm-hmm. So, good luck. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. But I ended up actually liking some of it. <laughs> and that like that unlocked something in my head mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, well, what else do people rave about? What I've learned is that won't eating kill is me.
1: sensory. It it is. Like I realized that I just like the crunchies cuz I like the way that like they like I've really discovered potato chips again recently cuz I'm like, okay. oh, I like the way the ridges feel against my tongue. I like the crunching sound. I like this Experience Like it's not even about the taste of the potato chip. It's about everything else about the potato chip.
0: And then you got to savor the ones that kind of like curl back on over themselves. Like they're really oh, curly those chips. Ones you,
1: those ones I do funny things with my tongue to break them because then they're fun.
0: Yeah. You kind of <laughs> have to like mush it on the roof of your mouth.
1: Exactly. You can't bite into it. <laughs> exactly.
0: There's rules. I don't, I don't write the rules.
1: You don't write the rules. But, but I are definitely obey them. Accept, social, socially acceptable rules to eating potato chips. If
0: you want to roll with autistic people, this is what you got to do.
1: And then there's always, like, that one food combination that nobody quite understands that you want.
0: Like, oh, all right, what was yours?
1: Um, Growing up, it was always apples had to go with peanut butter.
0: Apples with peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Just oh. trust me on
1: this one. And everyone's like, that seems like such a bad combination. Like, no, trust me.
0: Yeah, but, like, sweet and salty, that could work.
1: I just love peanut butter.
0: I'm like, all right, so... <laughs> my family's gonna like be kid. wondering what's wrong with me after this because like I'm, a kid. I'm going to the kitchen and i'm gonna smear some peanut butter on a- apple slices and see how it goes
1: <laughs> just trust me i don't make the rules
0: <laughs> and I, I i caught a lot of flack for um ketchup on scrambled eggs I,
1: i can't imagine that but then again i'm not an eggs person. and
0: ketchup on potato chips
1: that might actually work
0: i, I don't do either of those anymore
1: See, I, see, ketchup on potato chips sounds like it makes sense to me because I feel like potato chips are basically like baked french fries. They're
0: crispy french fries.
1: They're crispy, cold french fries.
0: Or we, we might have to translate to British. We do have some UK listeners. Oh. So we're talking about, uh, what do they say, crisps and I chips.
1: crisps and chips. But, oh.
0: So if you can put ketchup on chips, then you can put them on I crisps.
1: I just love fries. Fries are one of my favorite things on the planet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And it went crazy. It went crazy with all these different foods, right? So there was stuff I wouldn't eat because of the texture of the name of the food. It was like this whole... Like the way that it sounds? Synesthesia thing. The way... I, I don't even know if there's words to describe it. The, the texture of the word coming out of my mouth. Like avocado was one.
1: It sounds funny. And it, and it feels like funny against your tongue, I guess. Yeah. Like when you say it. Like avocado.
0: So if I would say avocado the The word itself is unappetizing, so I couldn't mm-hmm. eat eat an avocado, and mm-hmm. that was like just a few years ago. I finally broke that barrier, mm-hmm. and
1: I freaking love
0: avocado now.
1: See, and the worst for me, so my dad's from Philly, and I grew up, and I'm like from I know, like, like Italian ice is like everyone's like it's that, and I'm like water ice. Man. Water ice, that's what we say. What yeah. are you talking about? It's like no, it's water ice, water and then ice. like that doesn't sound appetizing, and I realize that I say like water like my father and then they're like what are you talking about
0: mm-hmm. and I'm it's like, not a philly uh steak and cheese it's just a cheese
1: cheesesteak. my my dad will fight you on a chili philly cheesesteak like any day like yeah that's his
0: thing. and we don't even and say put philly like cheese on,
1: and he'll put like mustard on soft pretzels and yeah. sprinkles or jimmies in our house like jimmies yeah jimmies
0: ice cream has to have rainbow jimmies
1: yes that's the only way to eat ice cream and honestly for me, ice cream has to be doused in rainbow jimmies because it's really... the Ice cream is just the, the vehicle to eat the jimmies because you can't eat the jimmies plain.
0: Right. And you know where everybody goes on 4th of July weekend in Philly? Where? Down the shore. Right. We don't go to the beach. We go down the shore.
1: The shore. I haven't been since I was like a little kid.
0: So long way around. New food that... That
1: was a big journey to the kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, Magnus is showing the kombucha, this is, this is kombucha how we bottle roll. for those of you who don't have the visual.
0: So I I never had kombucha and <laughs> the idea of kombucha was disgusting to me because like if you see how it's made, it's got like this, it's almost like a layered oh biscuit of bacteria floating on it.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like how it's made makes you want to eat nothing though. It's, I used to watch the show on like the science channel and I'm like, nothing yeah. looks appetizing.
0: But when people think about made, it.
1: Just knowing how they make food in general. Like, this is how we make crackers. This is how we make this. You're like, I'm just never going to eat anything.
0: That's the sound of the kombucha opening. This, uh, you know, I went, I switched to a vegan diet in October. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is really disgusting, but the farts were killing me. (laughs) And other vegans were saying, you got to, you got to drink kombucha because your digestive system just can't deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say I'm a lot easier to be around now because of the kombucha
2: mm-hmm.
0: never ever what, would have tried this stuff and this is I've never had this before it's lavender love.
1: I don't know if I can imagine a lavender taste flavored drink
0: and that's so that's the funny thing about kombucha I've had to try a lot of flavors and some of them are absolutely disgusting <laughs> like pineapple in kombucha. I'm here to tell you, like, no, I can't do that, but a lot of the really herbal ones are so good. Mm-hmm. and my favorite's got cayenne pepper, okay so like it's 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 like hot sauce as a drink.
1: That sounds fascinating,
0: <laughs> and it works somehow,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and right now twenty five year old me is freaking out. Like, <laughs> no, don't go near that bottle.
1: 25-year-old me is freaking out on behalf of 25-year-old you.
0: Yeah. So do you find yourself expanding culinary borders yet?
1: I'm convinced that I add a new food once every 10 years.
0: Every 10 years? Okay.
1: Yep. So the big discovery for me as a a young teenager was pizza, which is like the biggest mistake in my life that it took me so long to discover pizza. And meanwhile, everyone who knows me knows I'm really big on pizza. And I'm determined to find like the best pizza everywhere I go. I was in New York City twice in February and the whole bait of my existence was going for pizza. I was Mm -hmm. at a conference the second time and the minute I was like, I'm overwhelmed, I have to go to the, and like my flight was like three hours away. I'm like, my flight leaves soon. I gotta go. And I'm like, realistically going to stop for New York pizza before heading to the airport because I am that person. And I know where I think the best pizzas in New York are, allegedly, even though I'm not a New Yorker. But I think I know where I'm going for pizza. So I'm like, I'm out. Pizza. Bye.
0: So in case we have anybody from New York.
1: Please what- weigh in on good pizza.
0: Yeah. What What's your favorite so we can get them fired up?
1: <laughs> I like Ray's. I like Ray's. And I believe it's in the Chelsea neighborhood. Okay. And there was another place that was near the last hotel. Is that that I can't remember the name of? I think it was like called Picasso or something. But all like greasy spoon New York pizza is so good.
0: Yeah. And from Philly, and it's
1: not even expensive.
0: I, I grew up on the outskirts of Philly, like in in, okay. in the sub. Well, I guess technically it's suburbs, but it was a really urban suburbs okay. in Delaware County. Uh, okay. And we had this place. My dad
1: was northeast Philly, like right near, like a stone's throw from Abington.
0: So I was the other end. I was near the Delaware border.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and we had this place called Laspatas, And mm-hmm. Laspatas had the best pizza. And the cheesesteaks there, like if you ordered one large cheesesteak, you could eat mm-hmm. that like three meals a day for two days. Mm-hmm. It was just so huge. It was like they took uh, – this is the thing most cities – Don't understand if you're opening a cheesesteak shop, Mm -hmm. you can't just get any old roll from the local bakery. Mm -hmm. You have to import amoroso rolls from Philadelphia. Okay. That's the secret. If you don't have an amoroso roll, it's not a cheesesteak.
1: You have to get the goods.
0: Yeah. You got to do it right.
1: I feel like that's how it is for a lot of things. You can't just like half ass it. You have to eat it right.
0: Yes. There's rules. We like, we covered this. There's rules. And some of us
1: don't make them, and some of us absolutely do make the rules essentially, I don't know if you've gone through this with your kombucha yet, but when you find that one brand that you absolutely like. Yes. And it has to be that brand.
0: Yes. I know the one. You I've, picked I've got brand. it. I'm I, not, I, not
1: trying to fish for a sponsorship or right anything here, but kombucha but brands, you got to start competing for Magnus's love.
0: It, it's not even just the brand, but the exact flavor. That cayenne. I'm, I'm not going to boost the brand here. I mean, they can, <laughs> they can sponsor me if they want, and we can talk about that, but it's mm-hmm. a cayenne flavored kombucha, and I've got a bunch of it in my fridge
1: oh my god you just like stockpile the same thing in case they like discontinue it or something because i do that
0: yeah yeah so it's like it's, i get scared like,
1: with with like novelty flavors or something that's really good and then i just end up stockpiling it
0: yeah what happens if it if they just stop making it you, exactly you have to have what happens if you go
1: to the grocery store then they don't have any and and then you're just like i made this whole trip out of my house and had to interact with people and i nervously asked a clerk where it is and then they said they don't have it
0: oh no i i i, I can't hate asking that. people
1: like hi i don't know where this is can you help me find it like that's my least favorite thing to do yeah and then my voice goes up like three octaves and i sound like i'm a nervous little kid
0: and it's like okay try not to freak out on this person
1: it's like try not to freak out just asking where like they're being helpful is. yeah and then when they approach me like i'm fine
0: supermarkets they've got to be some of the toughest places
1: supermarkets are so weird especially because usually when i go by myself i'm not like i'm usually in yoga pants and usually just like my hair is thrown back i usually just got out of the shower just came back from the gym or something in the before times and every so often somebody will stop me because apparently i look like i'm really young and usually someone i've had people express concern and ask me where my mother is at the deli counter oh my gosh that's by myself Like, is your mom around? Are you, are you here with your mom? Like, no, like you shouldn't be here alone. Like, why did she drop you off? Or like, why are you here by yourself? I'm like, I promise I'm old enough to be here alone. I promise. It's okay. (laughs) I was like 21 and I was, you know, and those are the same supermarket people that eventually judge you when it's finals and you're buying a bottle of wine and then you're also buying like dessert and snacks.
0: They're like really scrutinizing your ID at the checkout.
1: I've had them tell me it was fake before. Yeah. And I'm like, nope. I, I, like, I couldn't pull that if I wanted to, and I wouldn't want to get in trouble for that because I'm in law school, but cool.
0: There's, there's something, I don't know if it's common with autistic people. I've heard this from a lot baby of autistic people. The
1: whole baby face thing? People.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm like deep in my 40s, and until I started showing like a lot of gray in my beard, mm-hmm. I would get carded all the time.
1: I mean, I, I think that the funny thing, at least for women, is that there's so much emphasis on makeup and stuff. And I'm like, not super, super into it unless I have to. Mm-hmm. Mostly because it's just like effort. It feels like putting on a literal mask, at least to me.
0: Is there like a like, lot of sensory I, like, stuff to it?
1: I mean, I don't, I just don't find it enjoyable. And it is sensory, like even just the bristles of the brushes and all that stuff. Like, because people always said, like, you should like this. It's creative. It's just like painting. I'm like, yeah, except it's not it's different when the brush goes against a piece of paper versus one into your face. Yeah. So, but for me, like I made up today cause I was on another show that did record and we, and I had to film a video for my uncle's birthday. So I mm. did get made up today. Cause I'm like, well, if I feel like it has for me, especially staying home now, it has to be kind of an occasion. So they need to be recording or I need to be taking pictures or something that makes it kind of, you know, worth the effort, I guess. And at the same time, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't love doing it, but sometimes I'm like I care because I'll care because I'm like, okay, this is an image I want to put forth right now. But in if I'm not going anywhere, I don't really care. I'm like and also sometimes I'll do it because I don't want to get mistaken for a 16 year old.
0: Right. He said but something really mean
1: and, and meanwhile everyone says it's great when you look young. I'm like, but I also don't want to be mistaken for underage. It's yeah. not fun.
0: You said something a minute ago that I'm thinking like, wow, if I were somebody listening to this show like from the archives in the future there was something that was just casually dropped that's got to sound mm-hmm. so weird outside of 2020. And that's mm-hmm. like, I'm recording something for my uncle's birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like w- That's what we have like, to do. That's do, our new like, normal. Exactly.
1: Like, in, like outside of 2020, it would be everyone gets together and wherever yeah. you're going. Like, like I think in another world, we'd all be going up to either Orlando or Hilton Head and we'd all do something as a big family, but we are not.
0: So if anybody's listening to this in the distant future
1: yeah so one of the other nieces is putting together like a video compilation from all the friends and family
0: yeah so if anybody's listening from the future especially if you're a doctor from the future and especially if time travel exists in your future send the cure back please so we can have like normal lives again there, there
1: was a there was a quarantine and weird things happened and people got creative trying to be together
0: So the supermarket, oh gosh, we we go around and around and around.
1: I know. I was thinking of something about about the supermarket. I feel like that's a special brand of sensory hell other than like the electronics aisle in any sort of store.
0: Do you have a thing about the aisle where they keep like all the detergents and stuff? Like I won't even go down that aisle.
1: See, I'm kind of lucky that I have not a very good sense of smell. So I can't really smell, because I feel like the detergent aisle, correct me if I'm wrong, because I have no clue because I don't really have much of a sense of smell. I feel like it probably just smells like a bunch of cleaning products and they all smell like, some of them are like lavatory, some of them smell yeah. like pineapple and it's probably like a weird sensory onslaught that I have no it's idea really about strong. because I have very minimal sense of smell that I don't really care when I walk down the like cleaning products aisles.
0: Yeah. Like I, I go shopping with my partner and I, I always call no matter what store it's in, that aisle is mm-hmm. quote unquote the stinky aisle.
1: <laughs> See, the one for me that I really don't like is when you're in like a Target, Walmart or more general store or actually think like a best buy actually it's probably the worst offender of them all like electronics because they're all on they're all on. the volume on is all on they're all on different like channels and things and then you can actually feel the literal sensory overload no matter who you are yeah because there's so much different input and output from each direction in each sense and then and there's the the occasional, like clicking and and blinking and looping and of course there's fluorescent lights so it of makes course. it even worse because then you hear the humming and the brightness and then you're like i want to leave yeah. Just get me out of here. Yeah. That's one thing I do city. like about quarantine is you could drive up to the store now and they'll just put it in your car. Yes. They so don't have to actually go in.
0: When when it works, I love it. But um, Target has been really. Won't.
1: Target's been really great. Is I've done the Target app for a couple yeah. things and I and my dad and I, I. hate driving because I can't figure out how to park for some reason. Mm-hmm. But my dad and I will go because I love going like for the ride sometimes just to get out sure. of the house yeah and it's great because the target when you tell them like you're on your way after you place your order and the last one we did we pulled into the spot and the guy was already outside re- like right below the car waiting right for us to pull into the spot I'm like this is amazing
0: yeah some businesses really got it target harris teeter has really figured it out well mm-hmm. but then there's others that like they went for the pr to uh-huh. make it sound like they're they're very woke on the pandemic and then they don't actually follow through
1: <laughs> the only ones that i know are really good about it too are fast food restaurants. Like I know like like Mickey D's has the the numbered spots that you pull into and you don't have to sit in the drive-thru line and it's a lot quicker.
0: They just bring it. I feel so I know
1: this because my we have an older dog and sometimes he doesn't want to eat. So to bribe him, we will get him hamburgers. Yep. So how else do you get them? You get the like the big bag of ten for like eight dollars or something. And you start freezing them for emergencies when he doesn't want to eat. And you just have them brought out to the car. And it's just like, it fascinates me.
0: I I feel so, so much. I feel so bad for um, like the servers and stuff that have to work in sit down restaurants, like dine in restaurants.
1: I refuse to dine in at this point. Yeah. Everything. I won't do it unless it's like curbside or like, I think the last time we got food from the outside that wasn't like fast food like that was probably maybe at least a month. Probably Memorial Day weekend. I think we got a pizza.
0: But like the the kind of people they have to deal with every day are typically the ones that don't want to take this seriously. Exactly. So they're being exposed day after day.
1: And it's really interesting at least down here who is and isn't taking things seriously because everyone thinks it's just young people that aren't taking it seriously.
0: Are you seeing the same thing where it's like a lot of like middle-aged and boomers especially like people Caucasian
1: like people like my grandparents yeah <laughs> it's not even the boomers that are the worst offenders I don't think like sometimes it's especially because Florida does have an elderly population it's really interesting seeing older folks out and about with no mask or anything like that I'm like but you see maybe that's you we're know, health health saying young people stop go wear a mask and I'm like but the people I see that aren't wearing a mask are people who are probably more at risk yeah. Just on age factor alone. Not accounting for pre-existing conditions or who you live with or anything like that. But it's just super weird.
0: I ended up getting some really fancy masks. I figured I know,
1: every time you post a new picture then like you have such great masks style.
0: I figure if I'm going to if I'm going to wear masks and I am going to wear masks they're not going to be just like the plain paper looking like rigid things. I want them to be I soft And I inside. want
1: to be stylish. I know I want to be stylish too, but I also because my dad is a healthcare professional, we have like KN95s and N95s okay. in the house. So everyone here is paranoid, so yeah. that's what if we're going out in public that's what gets put on and then my and then because I, I also want it to be fashion because my mom does yes. too we'll buy we'll buy the other ones to put over that so well fashion's we have, always uh, been kind of a big thing for you with right? the fashion i love i love clothes i love fashion i like style i like stuff
0: yeah so i
1: it's something i don't get to talk about a lot but like i get such a thrill out of getting like name brand stuff for cheap like it's like a, a hobby are there and name brand masks has, uh like every designer is trying to make a mask now so okay
0: how are they doing with it
1: I don't know. Um, my mom wanted a lily Pulitzer mask, so I got her one of those. She asked me for two more because they don't tell you what colors they're sending. Oh. They just send them to you, so she's like, "Get, get another one." I'm like, okay. I,
0: I wonder okay. if that's what's needed—is to make col- masks a colors. fashion statement.
1: I think it's gonna end up being a statement, especially because all the designers are trying to either capitalize on it mm-hmm. or trying to make it, a, or trying to also entice people, like, "Hey, you should make it match your outfit."
0: Yes, accessorize.
1: And as someone who has always been into, I'm not a big, exce- I like accessories because sometimes you can like swim on them. Like I love yeah. necklaces with tassels because then I can just play with them all day.
0: I was but, like that with my nose, right?
1: <laughs> see, I like that with most other like accessories. Like I have, like I stole my mom's earring stain and I have like all these thingies on them and I'm like, oh, yeah. playing them all day. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm like, yeah, if we're doing this, you know, video for my uncle. We're like, well, we should probably all like look like people. We should look like we're look not like stuck in- We're not stuck in quarantine wearing the same yoga pants for the 50th day in a row. (laughs) Oh. Well, you know what I mean? Like, you wear, like, the same, like, five things, even though you just keep washing them. Like, you wear, like, the same couple things, like, and I'm, like, where am I going?
0: I've been trying to.
1: I'm trying to diversify and actually, like, put my clothes on because I feel like I broke up with my closet because I'm not, like, professional. (laughs) Like, I'm not wearing professional clothes every day because I don't really have to. Yeah. But I'm used to dressing professionally and all that stuff. So, every time we have, like, a virtual Zoom meeting, I'm, like, okay.
2: You're not an event. just gonna
1: put on the nice shirt and then leave the yoga pants on. You're gonna get dressed like a person. You're gonna do this right. You're gonna be a professional. And then I'm like, man.
0: I I don't know. Maybe because I've been working from home for a few years, uh, I already had the. Well, yes. I wish. I really hope that employers have learned from this that so many jobs can be done remotely. Because, like, I need it as an accommodation. Mm
1: -hmm. I I
0: need it for my sensory issues, for my executive function, and it's part of what makes me successful. And I'm really hoping that coming out of this, employers are going to be much, much more open-minded. I think that's going to be key to getting more autistic people in the workforce successful, happy, more independent. Mm -hmm. So... Anyway. I just looked at the clock. Man, I feel like we've only been here all day. I feel like we've only been at it for like five minutes because it's so easy. And (laughs) it's been over 50
2: minutes.
0: (laughs) So for those of you who are still here. We're having a good time, and I know we're going to do this again, because I love talking with Haley, and if she'll put up with me, I'm definitely Absolutely. having her back on. You,
1: you are a total joy, and I don't know what we expected to happen today, but this was way more fun than anything we could have planned.
0: I expected nothing. I had no script. It's just I like, like if two we friends something, we could up. have
1: been like, we're just going to have a very serious conversation about advocacy, and it's like, nah, let's just talk about nah. the grocery store. <laughs> we <laughs> touched like, on it. <laughs> We tried.
0: It was was enough that if this were like for work, we could expense it. (laughs) We could expense our dinner, but. (laughs) I'm gonna expense my kombucha. How's that? Haley? it has been a great pleasure, and I'm so glad and grateful that you were able to spend some time with us today in the Neuroverse. And uh, so for those of, of the audience that don't already know you, that haven't been following you, how do they connect with you how do they keep up with your work
1: i am very online so you can find me on facebook twitter and instagram at haleymossart. moss art there's still the art in my names because i signed up for social media as a teenager when all i did was paint and post pictures of my work but life has kind of you know changed in the last 10 years or so a little bit just a little bit
0: just a little bit and
1: i'm also at haleymoss.net.
0: all right so, Haley, thanks again. Thanks so much.
1: Thank
0: you. And for for my listening audience, I know times are tough, but take care of yourself. Put a little time in your day for self-care. Remember to take care of the people around you. Be kind to everybody and especially find somebody that can not do anything for you in return and, and give them some act of kindness. It's really going to make a difference in their day. Thanks mm-hmm. so much.